When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is called the Day of Reckoning and it is happening Christmas Eve New Zealand time. Early morning start, but what a card. It is so worth getting up early for this one. Frank Sanchez and Junior Farr kicking it all off. Of course, Joe Parker, a big part of this as well. And a man who knows him better than most is Kevin Barry. He joins us out of Vegas now. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for coming on. Ricardo, it's always my pleasure, my friend. And how are you and is he doing this morning? Good, Kevin. How are you doing, mate? How's Taylor? Mate, Tay's doing great. He's... Uh, Awesome. He's head down with uh, with a whole bunch of NFL players that keeps him busy and keeps him off my back. <laughs> I've seen that, mate. He rolls around with the rock stars, doesn't he? No, he does. He's uh, he's really <laughs> developed a beautiful business here in the last couple of three years. I'm very proud of him. Beautiful. Now, what about um? What about you, Kev? What what have you been up to, mate? Have you been keeping your your, your hands busy training and? And keeping on top of boxing, well, what have you got, mate? Mate, I'm in very good shape at the moment. Um, mm. uh, up till a couple a couple of years ago, I had a big gym of fighters, mainly mainly European guys. And uh, mm. you know, to be completely honest, COVID was a terrible thing for me because I had about five Russian fighters under contract. Um, I was only able to bring one of them back into the country. In fact, three years ago, I was in I was in Moscow with uh, Umar Salomov when he was fighting Bivol for the uh, WBA world title because he actually was he got a world title fight here in America but couldn't get into the country. So uh, so I, I stopped working with the Russian boys and I've actually been uh, been assisting my son. I'm Tay's assistant. <laughs> How does that go? <laughs> well, mate. Well, I tell you what. He was my assistant for a long time. Yeah. And uh, you know, like my body's taken a hell of a pounding yeah. uh, from training fighters for for like thirty years as a professional coach. Um, you know, I've had a, a number of surgeries in recent years on hands, ankles, shoulders, wrists. Um, and it's, you know, it's got to the stage where I had to be a little bit smarter now. And Tay said, well, look, I'm a big, strong young guy. I'll do all the heavy yards and, um, I've, I've got plenty of athletes that you can help me with. And that's what we've been doing. That is smart tactics from you, mate. You don't want to put those, uh, those pads around your waist anymore and let them, those boxes punch you. Uh, going you know, toe for toe. Yeah. I've, yeah, it, it, that's how it's been, you know, uh, mm. And I've trained like I'm in saying that occasionally I'm doing pad work. I'm, I'm 
some of the athletes that Tay has, you know, I'm working their wives out. And, you know, so mm. it's uh, – I, I haven't put the pads away totally, but sort of working the life of a semi-retired man at the moment. So it's not too bad. It's not a bad spot to retire, mate. Uh, Super Bowl's there in 2024, so I'm sure you're going to be going there. But there's a super event oh, happening this weekend, and Deontay Wilder is taking I, on. I tell you what, the there, very hey, there really Martin. is. There really is, and I tell you what, for for boxing fans uh, all around the world, it's a Christmas present that that's that's come a little early. Um, it may actually affect some of the pay-per-view sales in countries, but, you know, boxing fans and a lot of sporting fans in general are, are very, very excited about this card. You know, there's seven or eight fights on the card. Five of them could all be mainliners uh, on any card. And the great thing about the boys in the South Pacific is we've got four of them fighting on the card. Mm. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a fight that I know a lot of... Uh, a lot of Joseph Parker fans in New Zealand will be excited about this one. Joseph Parker has been relatively busy the last couple of years. What what have you seen in terms of his boxing technique? Have you have you seen some changes that he's made in his fight? Well, mate, I tell you what, the most important thing for Joe is that 2023 has been a very active year for him. Uh, you know, 2024. He, uh, sorry, 2022. He had the one fight with Joe Joyce that was a that was a, a brutal affair, and uh, you know, and and uh, a very physical, uh, damaging fight for him. And he's uh, he's been brought back against three pretty uh, soft opponents in 2023, which is the smart thing to do. But the most important thing for Parker this year is he's had three fights. This will be his fourth for the year, and it's kept him active, and it's kept him in the gym, and it's kept him in shape, and uh, you know, and I think that's uh, something that's very, very important, uh, important, and that's the reason why he got this fight. Look, this is hey, this is a this is a huge fight for Joe Parker. There isn't mm. there is no other way of describing it. Mm. Like, um, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a lot to ask. You know, Joe will need to produce a career best performance and stay totally focused and have his concentration on point for the whole 12 rounds. You know, he's fighting a very dangerous, a very big hitting Deontay Wilder. But he's fighting a, an inactive Deontay Wilder. 26 months, he's had one round. Ring rust, he's is that had, a concern hey, for Deontay? That is, that is correct. And if you also look at it, uh, you know, uh, Wilder's lost two of his last three fights. Um, mm. You know, the the thing is, I, I mentioned before about the fight that, uh, that that Parker had with Joe Joyce. Look, um, Joe Joyce wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but he was able to put hands on Joe. Um, and, yeah. you know, there is one fight in every fighter's career where – it just takes a little bit more out of you than any other fight. And you can look at any fighter, any fighter's record, and you can just about pick that fight. Um, you know, a fight where you're never completely the same again. And it's a strong possibility that that Joe Joyce fight that was a very brutal fight for him was that fight. But look, in saying that, you know, Deontay Wilder had an epic trilogy with Tyson Fury, and at the age of 38 years of age, 
we 100% know that those three fights changed Wilder. You know, Wilder was down six times in those three fights. But, hey, Tyson Fury was down four times. Um, you know, trilogies like that, they damage your soul. You only have to go back and look at Holyfield and Riddick Bowe. Both guys were never, ever the same after their trilogy. Ali Fraser, they completely ruined each other. And if you have a look at Tyson Fury's last fight against Ngannou, he looked pretty damn average himself. So, um, you know, this, look, this is, a, this is a tough fight, and it's a fight that Joe, um, he has to have everything right. You know, I think it's yeah. very important uh, when you're fighting a guy like Deontay Wilder, you either have to be all in or all out. And if, you know, Joe gets caught in the middle zone, it's going to be very, very dangerous for him. He'll find himself in a position where uh, there'll be a lot of serious, heavy punches coming at him. So, you know, the, his strategy in this fight will have to be on point. But I, I, remember, I remember in uh, 2017, we were in Alabama, Joe and I, and we sat down watching Deontay Wilder fight Gerald Washington. And uh, Washington was outboxing him, uh, probably won three of the first four rounds. And, uh, and I said to Joe, God, this guy has got terrible boxing skills. And then the fifth round, Wilder threw one right hand and knocked Washington's spark out. Uh, mm. the, 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 another example very similar to that was in, in 2019 here in Vegas, um, sitting down with Joe again, watching Deontay Wilder fighting Luis Ortiz in the rematch. And the first six rounds of the fight, Ortiz was giving him a boxing lesson. He won. He had to have won five of the first six rounds. It was embarrassing. And then in the seventh round, Wilder landed one right hand and knocked him stone cold. So this is the sort of guy that he's up against. I, I see Joe Parker winning a lot of the early rounds. Um, I, I think if Joe can get, if, if Joe can hear the bell at the beginning of round seven, he's really in with a real chance mm. of winning this fight. But the first half of the fight is going to be very, very dangerous for him. The way he went, uh, the wildest chin, the way he went down against Tyson uh, what did you, you know, do you, do you think he can stand up to it? We, we haven't seen him take too much since then. And, but that Tyson Fury punch that knocked him didn't look like it had a lot on it, yet it still, it still put him down. Look, I, t I tell you what, the punch that I think you'd be talking about, the punch in the 11th round, mm. you know, there was enormous amount of punishment done. We're talking the third fight, round 11, is that what we're talking? Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. The, the there was a lot of damage done prior to that punch in the round eleven by mm. both guys. Both guys were down two times in the earlier stages of that fight, and that fight was a was a was a brutal brutal fight. Um, and I think the the punch that knocked them out in round eleven was more from exhaustion than anything else. Mm. Um, like it was one of the great heavyweight fights of all time. So, look, you know, can can Wilder be hurt? Yes, well, Fury showed that. But let's remember, Tyson Fury's six foot nine. Mm. He's a very, very big man. Um, you know, 
talk about big guys and like in the past uh you know joe is Joe has struggled with tall opponents. You only you have to go back to the uh, the Kajanu fight after he beat Andy Ruiz to win the title. We we brought Ravzan Kajano to New Zealand as Joe's first world title defense. And Ravzan's a guy that we'd sparred two hundred rounds with, and Joe had, was very very comfortable with him. And yet the fight went twelve rounds, uh, and he sort of struggled with the with the height and the reach of him. Um, we know that Deontay Wilder is a very big man. He's going to have a lot of reach on Joe and he's got a lot of height on Joe. So, you know, this is something that's, that's why I mentioned before, it's going to be very important, you know, for, for Joe fighting a guy like Wilder, that he's either in close or he's all the way out on the outside because, you know, Wilder is a dangerous man. And when you look, when you look at 42 knockouts and there's 43 victories, uh, it's a, he's got a very scary record. But as you said before, inactivity, inactivity is a is is something that uh, uh, and ring rust are, are things that you don't really see until you're actually in a real life situation in a real life fight. I know he said he's been doing a lot of sparring in that, but uh, you know, being out of the ring for so long, not having fought for 14 months, and at that time it was one round against Robert Alinas. And then it was 12 months before that that he fought. So, you know, these are all things that work into Joseph Parker's favor. I'll tell you one, one other thing that's a, that has a really, really big bearing on this fight is the Malik Scott influence. Mm. Now, Malik, um, not only being a close friend of Wilder, but a guy that sparred for many years with, with Deontay Wilder, took over the training role for the for the third Fury fight, did a, a pretty outstanding job. Malik's, Malik will be a big factor in this fight. Uh, the other, you know, when we talk about him sparring 200 rounds with Wilder, Malik sparred 200 rounds with Joseph Parker. You know, I employed Malik as a sparring partner for five or six fights um, uh, during the during Joe's peak of his career. Um, Malik has an excellent boxing brain. I've had many conversations with him over the years. He knows Joseph Parker's style very, very well. Um, and, and I think that he will be, I think he's turning into a terrific trainer. And I think uh, strategically, uh, he will be a big influence on this fight. Hey, um the the such story that were, that broke a couple of weeks ago was they've already come to a, a conclusion that Anthony Joshua is going to fight Deontay Wilder next year in March. Is that a mistake from uh, Deontay Wilder looking too far ahead? Well, I don't think he's. I think if you've if you know, and I've read a lot of uh, the reports, mm. and Wilder said that uh, he. One thing he he has learned throughout his career is you never look ahead of the the fighter in front of you and his total focus mm. has been Joseph Parker. And he knows he's in with a real guy. Look, Joe ticks a lot of boxes in this fight and that's why he's there. Like former world champion, excellent record, 33 and three. You know, he's only been knocked out the once, um, you know, like he's been down like four times in his career, mm. but Joe's a very, very high level 
uh, skillful fighter and he has big fight experience and guys like that you cannot look past and I know Deontay Wilder would not be looking past them sure they know that they have this fight signed for next year but I think part of the marketing strategy for this particular show the way they put it together was naming the fight for next year it just gives a little bit a bit more interest to the uh, two main events in this in this card but I don't I, I don't believe for one minute that Deontay Wilder or Malik Scott will be looking past Joseph Parker uh, Kev, as a fight fan, t- t- uh, uh, what other fight on this card are you most looking forward to? Um, I tell you what, I, I I think there's a lot of fights on this card that are, that are very quick fights. Mm. Uh, there, there, there's eight fights, but there are, there are also um, a bunch of fights that should be over more or less before they start. Um the one that I'm looking forward to the most is obviously Parker Wilder. After that, you know, the main event, you know, Joshua and Otto Wallen, I, I think is a is a 50-50 fight. And Otto Wallen is a guy that I've watched for years. Um, he's, ever since his fight against Tyson Fury in September of 2019, he's been trying to get a big name into the ring. And uh, why Joshua chose him at this particular time, I, I really question. And I also question, you know, the, the, the choice of opponent for Joshua fighting a southpaw. Mm. When, you know, uh, if he gets the win in this fight, he fights the winner of Wilder and Parker, who are both orthodox fighters. Um, so why he would take a southpaw, I don't know. Uh, the, the other thing... For this fight is like Otto Wallen is a guy who has been avoided by many fighters. About two years ago, uh, Dillian White signed to fight Wallen, and I went on several shows in the UK and and said to them, Wallen will beat Dillian White. You know, I don't know why they ever ever talked this. Maybe they thought, okay. Um, uh, Wallen went the 12 rounds with Fury. Fury had a bad day. If, if we knock him out, it makes us, you know, look better than Fury. But after that fight had been set in stone for about two months, Dillian White, you know, faked an injury and pulled out of the fight. And then when he got over his injury, no one even wanted to mention Otto Wallen's name because they knew they had the wrong guy. Wallen's a very skillful fighter, a very durable guy, and a guy who's really been under the radar. But, you know, his last fight in September of this year, he fought Marat Gassiev, and Gassiev has one loss on his record, and that was to Alexander Usyk um, as cruiserweights. But one thing that Gassiev possesses is huge power, and yet Otto Wallen was able to give him a boxing lesson. Yeah. Um, and it, I shouldn't say a boxing lesson because it was a close fight, but, you know, he won the fight fair and square. We know that Joshua has power, but, you know, Wallen had no trouble with the power of Gassiev. The other thing with with Joshua is, you know, there, is, there are so many invariables in this fight. He's been fighting like a guy who has lost his confidence. He's lost three of his last seven fights. Um, you know, he was once the most aggressive fighter in the world, 
and now he he tends to go out there and uh, he, he fights very afraid, very defensively. Um, you know, he's going to need to be more aggressive in this fight. He's changed trainer for this fight. He's teamed up with Ben Davidson, who worked with Tyson Fury uh, in, in Tyson's first fights with uh, Deontay Wilder. And, you know, Ben, who's uh, a very, very good young trainer, has actually, uh, who's a, quite a defensive trainer, has, has been given the assignment of, of making Joshua more aggressive. So there are all these things that are, that are very, uh, for me, uh, very questionable and very exciting because I, I think there are so many things that could go wrong in this fight for Anthony Joshua. And I, I think that uh, uh, the style and the type of fighter that Otto Wallen is, this is a 50-50 fight. And, you know, he could really upset the party um, and spoil the big fight that they're trying to get together for next year. Yeah, and we'd love to see it. Hey, Kev, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, apologies for the technical issues we had halfway through that, but uh, appreciate your time, mate. Uh, up the Raider Nation and uh, enjoy Christmas with the family. Say hi to Tay and the, and the crew for us. All right, my man. Cheers, Kev. Thanks.